Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. You'll want to sit tight this hour as host Mike Abadir and co-host Gino Bacola talk to the experts, celebrities, and figures from the worlds of sports and business of sports. We cover the NFL, baseball, basketball, soccer, and horse racing, so we have all of the bases covered. Now, we just need your participation. Here is your host, Mike Abadir. Welcome to the Mike Abadir Show. Today is Thursday, July 13th, 2023, and I am your host, of course, Mike Abadir, sitting alongside my main man, Pop DiBiase. And Jamil, let me ask you something. Have you ever seen somebody accuse another human being for not being real, like, as in, like, you're not a human being. Not like you're so insensitive. You're not even human. I mean, like, literally, like, you're not even a human being. What are you? And actually, you meant it? Because we've seen now two airplane scenarios this week, in the last week, where people got up out of their seats freaking out, saying, I can't sit next to this thing i don't know what it is it's not even a human being and with the fear of god in them interesting stuff man this isn't x files we're going to talk sports but i i just saw something about the second one that actually the lady is kind of hot too man do you know what i'm talking about have you seen this at all on twitter he was the first one the lady oh man i see the lady the lady was the first one and then there's a guy that did it a few days later or like two, a day yeah. later he said that the guy tried to open up the door on the plane. The other situation was just that the dude had all these serpent tattoos, and then she saw a tattoo on him that is a luminate tattoo, and she went absolutely nuts because... What's a luminate tattoo? What, what is that? Oh, Illuminati. You know, everybody Illuminati kind of shit? Okay. Yeah, Freemason, all that good stuff. You know how everybody... I said, and look, this is the funniest thing ever. That somebody told me if it was a, if 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 it's a secret society and everybody knows about it, it's not a secret society, right? Uh, you, you're you're right. Except here's the thing: what if we, because it's impossible in this day and age for us to like meet up and not be in secret? What if our whole thing is we're not a secret society, but we actually are? It's like reverse psychology. Right. So we're going to make it look like we're not, but we actually kind of are. Because right. a lot of what they do is is shrouded in, uh, in, in, in secrecy. Tell you what, man. I'll, I'll send you a, a video of something that's pretty mind-blowing. Do you ever watch uh, or listen to Patrick Beth David? Um, no. <laughs> okay. For anybody out there... It's not my job to plug other shows necessarily, but you know what? Honestly, this is a really, really good one. I actually started watching him because he had um, like Roger Clemens on and he had Shaq on and a few athletes, but he does kind of everything. He he kind of talks business, sports, you know, meets, uh, talks to politicians. It's kind of like a variety show. And this dude is like really, really cool. And uh, anyways, he... He had on a guest a couple of weeks ago. I'm not even going to mention his name because a lot of people immediately are like, oh, he's a conspiracy theorist and all this kind of stuff. But the dude brought with him video proof 
of exactly everything that he's talking about. I'm bringing it up because it has to do with that secret society stuff, uh, Pop. And he's got video of some really, really crazy stuff, and it's authentic video. And yeah, yeah, I'll just, I'll just leave it at that. And by the way, nowadays when I hear somebody saying that that person is, is crazy conspiracy theorist, now I'm like, I'm intrigued because he's obviously the opposite of that. Because these fools are always trying to bury guys for the wrong reason. You know what I mean? They're, they're well, trying to do that. Trying to do that to your man Ice Cube right now. Oh, but you know what? They've been trying to do that to Ice Cube for thirty some odd years already. You know, and Ice yeah. Cube figures out ways to deflect things and and do things in in a sense to where it's all going to make sense in the end. You know what I mean? And um, yeah, well, well, he like I guess he he kind of. He he, kind of like uh, put out there a couple like you know conservative talking points that he agreed with or something. People are going ape shit, man, because he's not following the script. He can't be controlled. They want to control people, man. Right, and you know what? They've never been able to control him. So what they got to no. do is tolerate him. So that's the whole thing, you know. Because if they really want to shut down Ice Cube, Ice Cube, uh, it would have been shut down already, but they haven't been able to. And right. Some odd years he's been been on the scene, or uh, damn near forty now, um, right? But, and they wanted to shut him down from talking about the police back in the day. So I mean, it's nothing right. new for him, that's for sure. Right. So speaking of uh, speaking of outspoken people, by the way, what do you think of Richard Sherman as being a candidate to uh, replace Shannon Sharp and team up with Skip Bayless on Undisputed? What do you think of Sherman? Uh, Richard Sherman will probably be the best thing for um, Skip because he's actually a Stanford-educated man who has always been a very smart person. See, Shannon Sharp, you know, regardless of how you guys feel and how what people will say about Shannon and everything like that, he's not really that smart. He just talks a lot, and he's been able to to kind of educate himself a little bit. And he's just good at telling some good old – he's just country. You know what I mean? He's a sophisticated – it's like having the, the sophisticated – country principal over there that's talking to you and everything and he makes a certain audience feel comfortable you know what i mean but somebody like richard sherman is somebody that actually can really sit there and debate with skip and he's not going to lose his mind about it you know what i mean and he's not going to go to the the to to calling cards to to get his to to just have a crowd have his side. You might not even have a point. It's just that you know you got to make sure you got got the crowd behind you. Doesn't matter what I'm talking about. But we're gonna keep using this card so we can keep making this guy look bad. But Skip Bayless is just old. That's all it is. And I think that we need to get out that mentality that these uh, that older white men are always trying to attack brothers, and they really truly aren't. They just kind of going off of what they've been dealing with what they've been looking at for the last 50, 60 years as well, too. And pretty much they they have a way a way of thought and a way of thinking about things. But the sensitivity levels of some of these people have went up to such a level that it's hard to say anything. You know what I mean? So I feel like if you get a very educated person like Richard Sherman who 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 can hit all facets and really sit down and explain things, and you notice Richard never yells. He never has to yell at you. He's not going to come up with some stupid story about how he his girl taking girlfriends from, from people and all this other extra stuff. 
you know, it's just always going to be about, you know, whatever the topic is going to be. But hopefully you bring in somebody like that who's going to actually switch the, 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 the thinking of the show as well, too, because you can't have three topics. That's the biggest problem with Undisputed. You can't have three topics of sports. It, it just can't be all about Tom Brady, LeBron James, and the Dallas Cowboys. Tom Brady's not playing anymore, so now it's going to be about Aaron Rodgers because that's what it was about before. And Skip hates Aaron Rodgers. So now you got people that are hated by the person who hosted the show, and I think that's the worst thing. That I just think the show got to go. I think debate shows are absolutely a thing of the past, and I think that really pretty much what keeps them going is the ad dollars that, that come to it. You know, the, 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 the commercials that run when the, every time they take a break because they're really not talking about anything. You know, what I mean, it, it, it starts turning into a Twitter comment board, you know, after a while. So it's really nonsense to me. I rather watch shows like Follow the Money with Mitch Moss and Paulie Howard. Um, also, I like Carthon shows well, too, because Carthon shows a lot like our show. Free thinking, you're talking, we're having a good time, everybody's enjoying, but we're making, uh, we're talking about different topics. We're not just talking about what Twitter's talking about. We're not just talking about what, you know, what we feel is going to be the most popular story. You have to see, media doesn't understand nowadays that you have to be the person that makes the story popular. When a media person picks it up, you're the one that gives it the attention that it needs to have. It's not about what the people want. It's about what you deliver to the people. And I think that's where a lot of media personalities have, they really dropped the ball in that, that regard. You're trying to be people pleasing instead of just giving them the news and giving them the, the actual facts and the actual opinions that you need to give them. And, you know, we can move forward from there. Baseball should be the forefront topic of everything this week because we had the all-star game. We got uh, a very intense uh, trade uh, trade deadline coming up in, in a moment here. And it's the active sport right now. No, we're talking about what happened at the ESPYs last night and LeBron and these fake, fake, I'm, I'm not retiring speeches. And nobody cares, LeBron. We know you're not retiring, dog. You know what I mean? Like, at the end of the day, why don't you just go take a vacation like all the legends do who are real legends? You know, real legends don't have to always be in front of a TV camera talking or on a Twitter tweeting or on IG putting up pictures or saying that I made sure that I see all these people. Now, let's go back to just talked about secret society, right, Mike? Look, does, it's kind of funny. Doesn't LeBron act like he's like the end-all lead? be all leader of some secret society because he's always acknowledging everything. What are you, the president of a president of the Illuminati, Boule, whatever, you know what I mean? <laughs> so like, damn dude, take a break. You feel what I'm saying? And, um, that's what's what, and, and then that becomes the topic. Like, what do y'all think? What are we supposed to think? It's some more LeBron bullshit. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, it's already an internet uh, joke about he lies about everything. So, you know, at the end of the day, nobody should have this much power over you, especially when it's not their time of the year. You know what I mean? Uh, at the end of the day, when you're off season, it's off season. That's why I miss how we used to approach things in the 90s. Even though Michael Jordan was the biggest athlete on the planet and Jordan couldn't just walk into a regular restaurant and, and say and, and go get a go get a meal, 
that wasn't necessarily true. He could go anywhere he wanted in certain parts of Chicago and nobody would be bothering Jordan. They knew better. You're not going to bother Michael Jordan, Michael Jordan today. Somebody come kick your ass because that's how we respected our athletes. We didn't make it a big frenzy of everybody named Mama coming around to come see somebody for five minutes. He's not going to give you anything. Let that man enjoy his day. We root for you when you go play that game. That's what we do. But when you come out here and be around the rest of us, you can go ahead and be normal. We're not going to bother you. We'll even make sure people don't come bother you. You know, and that's how you get the big tips. You know what I mean? Like, that's how you get the love that you're supposed to get from these famous people. But when you always over here announcing when they're here and announcing everything that they do, it's either going to be something that gets people to kind of hide a little bit or it's going to get people to always come out to the forefront and always say, look at me, look at me, look at me. And, you know, at the end of the day, this is why he gets such a bad rap from the old OGs. And this is why he gets such a bad rap from a lot of people in his peer group is because we're used to a certain way how these megastars handle themselves. They're not supposed to give us this much access. You know, and that's what the problem is. You got too many people in your life, and that's why everybody has an opinion. That's why everybody has something to say. So at one point point in time, take a break. The ESPYs wasn't even a big deal. They were already telling everybody who won the awards. We figured it out. All the ESPYs is is a big-ass fundraiser. That's it, and that's all. And they bring out the biggest names in sports, and they run the uh, – they run the um, – Coach, uh, the coach, uh, V, uh, the the coach V, um, speech, and it's a go. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't watch a single second of it, to be honest I, with you. I've like, never, literally, not a single second. I've I, actually attended. I've I've attended in the studio. Uh, I've attended in you know in the audience uh, before. Uh, I had actually really good seats, very close to the front. And it was uh, my first and last time doing it. It was just, it just didn't feel right to me. It was, it's hard to explain. I just got a weird vibe. Probably my, my most enjoyable moment was uh, in the intermission, hanging out with Mike Smith and talking to him for a little bit because he was up for a Jockey of the Year award. But it just seemed very scripted, which of course it is. It's an award show. But it was almost kind of like, we're going to bring awards to an arena that didn't have awards before uh, outside of like, you know, their own on the field awards, like MVP and rookie of the year and all that kind of stuff. But that's not a ceremony. And it just feels just, just felt very artificial. Like, I don't know, man, it's, it's kind of hard for me to explain, but I didn't like it. I thought it was just too synthetic. It didn't seem very real to me, so um, I don't. I don't so I, I don't even watch it on TV or whatever. You know, the worst few days of the year for me are the uh, All Star break when there's when there's nothing on. You know, but but on that note, what do you think of uh, the home run derby and the All Star game and the festivities surrounding it? Thought it was pretty enjoyable. Well, I thought the All-Star game was a very intense, very good game, showing off the talent of the game, showing how great the pitching is in baseball, and showing how uh, good you got to be to be in an All-Star game. But the only thing I didn't like was that the home run derby doesn't need a time clock. Come on, man. We don't need all that. 
We need to go back to the regular format, 10 pitches. And, and really, we need to not even measure it on how many home runs you hit out. We need to measure it on how many, how far you hit the home run. Because that right there is the essence of the actual home run derby. We used to love to watch it because it wasn't about how many home runs a guy hit. It was like, how far did he hit the ball? I remember one time, I think it was Barry, who it was, it was either Barry or Ken Griffey. They didn't even win the competition, but they hit the longest homer, and they kept talking about that home run. They didn't care who won. They just kept talking about that home run. And I felt like that's the point of a home run derby. It's almost like a dunk contest in a sense to where, man, you can make all the dunks, but we're looking for that fancy dunk that's the damn near impossible. Like, did the guy hit it out the stadium? And I think maybe the biggest travesty, one of them, even though I hate to even put him in this this book, but it was messed up. I always go back to uh, Hamilton. Hamilton hits 30-some-odd home runs in a round and still loses because he's gassed out. You know what I mean? And I think that the gassed out part comes from that time clock. And it, dude, no human being can try to hit that many home runs in three minutes. It's just not possible. So pretty much I think that we had we, we got something that we do need to fix with it. And also I'm gonna be with the uh, with the popular opinion that we gotta go back to the regular jerseys. No more no more fun practice jerseys as the all star game jersey. That was just ridiculous. It reminded me of watching a game on MLB the show. I, I, I'm with you on the jersey thing. Did we mention that last week? I think we, we maybe touched on it a little bit. I, I like it with the, I like it when they're wearing their uniform. Like that's I love that back in the day when you know you had Kaseko with the A's uniform and Mattingly and the Yankees uniform and Wade Boggs and the Red Sox uniform. I mean, those are kind of like memories from when I was a kid. I, I love that stuff. When in the Padres uniform, having all that same uniform to me, it's just it's boring. Straight up boring. Mm-hmm. I, I don't like it. Now, I would say this. I, I will say it was interesting because there was a lot of new new faces at the All-Star game this year. And I think it's kind of symbolic of how many new guys have emerged this year. And it's something that you and I talk about like, quite often, which is the abundance of talent in baseball. There is a lot of talent, a lot of young talent. We're seeing new faces. Sometimes they fizzle out. Sometimes they have longevity. I think if I was to ask you who has staying power, I think this cat Corbett Carroll, man, with the uh, Diamondbacks, I think this guy has some longevity to him. He's kind of like Ichiro a little bit, you know, left-handed, tons of speed, uh, he's a good slap hitter, but he also can can pull the ball and hit for power. You know, I know he's he's an enemy of the Dodgers, but being a diving back, uh, I think he's got some real legit staying power. Who of the young guys are you impressed with, and and you think that will will be able to maintain the success? Now, I'm not saying I think he's going to be the best of the bunch necessarily, but I think he's he's got the best chances for success. Because I think like Jordan Walker from the Cardinals, you know, once he figures it out, I think he's going to have like potential Hall of Fame ability in numbers. You know, like, I don't think Corbin Carroll's going to hit 500 home runs, 
but Jordan Walker could. But what are your thoughts about some of the youngsters? Actually, you know what? Hold that thought, Pop. Let's go to commercial break. We'll come back, and uh, we'll pick up on that. Stay with us, everyone. We'll be back right after this. Follow Voice America at Facebook.com forward slash Voice America for juicy updates from your favorite radio shows and podcasts. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune into All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Mondays at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Variety channel voice america programs are now available on your favorite connected device including amazon alexa and google home through streams with apple podcasts tune in and iHeartRadio. listening to your favorite show is as easy as saying the show name followed by the word podcast hey alexa play finding your frequency podcast if that doesn't work try adding on tune in or on iHeartRadio or on apple podcasts Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective, plus topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at blog.voiceamerica.com. That's blog.voiceamerica.com. The Voice America Press Blog. All access, all the time. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at the MikeAbadirShow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Before we left off, we were talking about how MLB is inundated with a lot of really good young talent. Something that baseball can carry with it for a long time. Guys that have some staying power. And I was uh, mentioning two guys, Corbin Carroll and Jordan Walker, as two, two of the young guys that impressed me. I think Corbin Carroll has legit staying power. I think Jordan Walker has 500 home run type of talent. He could hit for average. Who are some of the guys that have impressed you so far in the first half that are youngsters, rookies, et cetera? Well, I'm not going to mention nobody on the Dodgers because that's just being, that's like, that's, that's, that's being a little, little too, too, too homery. But um, I'll keep it real. They That Orioles bunch is special. They keep talking about Reds this, Reds that. That Orioles bunch is special, man. Austin Hayes, great player. Gunnar Henderson, great player. Um, you know I, you know Cedric Mullins, I talk about him all the time. Um, they just got – they have a really great lineup of hitters, and they're all pretty young. Um, we also – and, you know, you got um, – Can't forget about that catcher, Adley Rutschman. 
Yeah, Rutschman is 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 he's the one that got to the All Star game. They could have had more in the All Star game to me, but that All Star game got a little bit too clouded by all the Tampa Bay Devil Rays and all the Atlanta Braves because they were good, but you didn't need to put all of them in there like that. But how, why would why should I say anything? We have five Dodgers in there too. We had well Kershaw didn't play, but we had four Dodgers in there with like six Braves. So literally, the team was the Dodgers and the Braves, and then. Michelin. And the Rangers. And the Rangers. Rangers on the other side, the Rangers and the Rays. And I just was like, you know, Baltimore has better players than the Rangers right now, but the Rangers have a better record. It was funny, though. It was seven Dodgers. Okay, seven current – it was five current, two former. So, yeah, Hanley Jensen closing, and literally the Dodgers position that's in need is the closer. Then you had Corey Seager there as well, too. Dodger position in need right now. Third base, second base. Because they just sent Mickey Vargas back down. But I will say this, though. Perdomo, hell of a player, Mike. Great player who plays for Arizona as well, too. Perdomo actually was supposed to be in the All-Star game, from what I remember, because they said he they announced that he had made it. Um but he's probably hurt or something of that nature. But Perdomo is a hell of a player. But I'm going to keep it real with you, man. That guy in Washington right now who was in the All-Star game, he struck out a guy. Everybody always talks about the Dodgers and Yandy and uh, Alvarez, uh, Jordine Alvarez. Well, I got another one for you that the Dodgers got off of way too early in Actually, me and my dad really loved it when he came up and was with the Dodgers. But he was the key piece in the Max Scherzer, Trey, Trey Turner um, trade. Josiah White. Oh, and Josiah Gray. I'm sorry. Oh, he's the best pitcher in baseball to me right now because the way he's slinging it right now for that terrible team in Washington, literally every time he steps on the mound, their team looks like the first place team in the division because they know that guy is going to go ahead and get get out, strikeouts, everything for him. And I just really feel dumb that the Dodgers let him go in the middle of a season where they really didn't need any help. But they had to let him go because he was a rookie and he was still green. But if you had the guy that's him today, the Dodgers would probably be about 10 games ahead of the um, Diamondbacks right now. And they wouldn't have any issues about their pitching rotation at all. And that guy right there is going to be a $100 million pitcher minimum once he's up for free agency. Josiah Gray, man, he's, uh, he's, he's really developing into a very consistent pitcher. His ERA is 3.41. And I think when he learned how to pitch and not just throw, and I say that because he has such good stuff. I think he tried to strike out every batter that he faced. Right. And when you take, take that approach, it doesn't work out very well. But once you learn how to pitch, now you can use your get-out pitches to get you out of difficult predicaments, and you can rely on your fielders to make plays. And so he, he brought down his strikeout total just a little bit, and he figured out what pitches can get players out without having to rack up a high pitch count with a lot of strikeouts and walks. And I'm, I'm impressed with Josiah, man. Josiah Gray is, is, is legit. 
And the, his progression has been fantastic. Yeah, I think this guy is an all-star for years to come. And, yeah, if you look, actually, if you pull up his career stats, by the way, every single year, his ERA has gone down. Every year. He's improved every single season. And I like seeing that kind of progression. That means you're starting to get it. His strikeouts to walks have gone down every single year. So the, the stats don't lie, and the stats suggest a lot of improvement. You know, and I'll tell you what, from the left side, left-handed pitcher Mackenzie Gore on the Nationals, you know, he just needs to find some consistency. Yeah, they got a pretty nice – they have a nice one-two punch between those guys for years to come. Guess where, how they got him, because they got rid of Soto. That's the San Diego, and that was San Diego's coveted young arm. But you mm-hmm. Gray wasn't the coveted young arm for the Dodgers. No way. He was like six on the list. You know, Pepio and um, dudes up there with Bueller. You know, all those guys. You know what I mean? And Dustin May and Goslin and all these. Dude, you know, he was in a in a dream, dream group. You know what I mean? So, literally, they blessed the Nationals with that. But the, the Padres gave up a guy that they truly needed. You know what I mean? Because they've overpaid Blake Snell. Let's keep it real. You know? And um, they could have had that pitcher in place without overpaying Blake Snell. Now they're sitting in this situation now where Blake Snell is killing it, but you know you can't rely on him in in the long run. And I got a question for you, Mike. Do you think the Padres are a seller and not a buyer at the uh, deadline? No, because I think they've got too much invested. Who 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 are they going to sell? You know what I mean? Like, like who who are you gonna who are you gonna get rid of at this point? I think you gotta have to ride it out with a four headed monster of, of Tatis and Machado and Soto and Bogarts. Well, and beyond that, beyond that, who are you gonna save costs with? You Darvish. Well, if I'm the no. owner, I'm not signing back Soto. I'm not giving him four hundred million. It's not worth it. You know, it's but, interesting. It depends who you, who it depends who you talk to, and this is where analytics gets kind of weird, because you have some analytics guys who are saying that he's having a prolific season. I'm not, I'm not seeing it, but they're <laughs> looking at they're looking at like data like. Uh, how many pitches is he seeing? You know the effect he's having on a starting pitcher throughout the game. You know, getting him to get into high pitch counts. He's drawn a lot of walks. He's getting on base. Um, yeah, man. I don't know. I I I I I appreciate that side of it, but I expected more. To be honest with you, I thought this dude was going to be winning batting titles. I thought this guy was going to be hitting like three thirty. And and ripping off 35 home runs and 120 RBIs. You know who I thought he was going to be? I thought he was going to be like Miggy from the left side. You look at Miggy's numbers, Miguel Hernandez's numbers, you know, like triple crown type numbers. I thought that's what the type of talent Soto is. But he hasn't quite put it together like that really, man. And you just mentioned Miggy. I feel like we kind of did Miggy dirty. Miggy should have right. been in the Right. 
Miggy should have been in the game on honorary status because who did they put in the All Star game last year? Who was old and was about to let it and be gone, be done with it? Albert Pujols. Yeah, they they've done that a lot of times over the years. You know, they they did that even Gwyn's last season. You know, he wasn't like necessarily killing it. He was still like Tony Gwynn. Um, he never had a bad season, by the way. Uh, but he wasn't like hitting 370 like he does. But they brought him in, honored him, etc. cetera. Uh, I, I thought they probably should have done the same with Miggy. Maybe he declined. I don't know. I don't know behind the scenes. But I didn't hear anything of that. That's a great point. Man, I'm telling you, they did a lot of teams dirty. Like Detroit, you know, they that's what got crazy about the All-Star situation. It's like you almost forgot about teams. You know what I mean? Like, okay, we got to put their guy in. So you get pitchers. Like, yeah, the city, you get a pitcher in here. Bobby Witt was an all-star, but we'll we'll put a pitcher in here instead. You know what I mean? That's what I'm talking about, though, Mike. This is where we got to get to stop. I think sometimes you got to take the, the, the vote out of the fans' hands because we're, you're just playing favorites. You're not – these guys aren't technically really all-star players. They're just your fan favorite. And I feel like in the old days, you – even if you played on a bad team, if you play good on that bad team, we have to put you in an all-star game so you can be showcased with the best players in the game. And there was a lot of guys who are really good that didn't get the call to be in that game. And then there's guys that are really, like, kind of milling to me, and they're just having good seasons because the team is playing well, and they're putting them in the all-star game. I don't know if that's how the all-star game is supposed to work. You're supposed to put the best players in there in my opinion. You know what I mean? The guys that you feel like are going to be the future of the game and the, the present of the game, the guys that you that are going to carry that flag for you. This is what I was telling a friend the other day. I said that I feel like the MLB does not have enough superstars and we don't have enough homegrown superstars. The Mike Trout, the natural, all that, Mike Trout, the best player in baseball, that's kind of worn off a little bit. Let's let's keep it real. That's kind of worn off because the guy's never healthy. All right. Um, now you got other guys that are in line, like Mookie Betts. You know what I mean? And I think that Mookie Betts is probably the closest thing to being the black superstar that the game truly needs right now to really magnify the game. Because let's keep it real. In all the eras we always talk about, Mike, there was always that brother out there that was that was shining, that was making the league really push through and giving the league the tabloids and all the stuff that it needs to talk about. We had Ken Griffin, we had Barry Bonds, we had um, Albert Bell, we had uh, Daryl Strawberry, just to name a few. Eric Davis, you know Barry Larkin, Tony Gwynn. We had guys that were 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 larger than life superstars, and that put baseball in a good good mind frame you know what i mean because then you had the trickle down effect to where you had other other guys who were really good as well too and i'm not trying to make it a race name because we don't even have the 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 token white superstar that we need to have you know what i mean and that's supposed to be bryce harper but he's never healthy that's the biggest problem you guys are never healthy and it can't be a pitcher it has to be a hitter and i feel like the more dominant players in baseball today are pitchers not hitters and you know because all these hitters have they, they have short windows nowadays they're going to give you a good five years consistently and then next thing you know they get hurt and things just kind of get 
meshed up. And, um, you know, I think we're at the point now where baseball is ready for the revival of baseball, where it's going to bust through again because a lot of people were talking about the All-Star game. People haven't been talking about the All-Star game in years. And that was good to just see people complaining about the All-Star game. That means that you tuned in. And then everybody's talking about the time clock and loving the time clock. But when we get back, because I know we got to go on a break in a second, the time clock is is good, but it's a gift and a curse at the same time, too. Because I'm hoping that we don't need the time clock during the playoffs because I think we need to get back to the chess match. You know what I mean? Where a pitcher can, uh, you know, play with your head a little bit. You know, I think that's the biggest thing that's 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 wrong with the time clock is that we don't have the chess match anymore. It, it, on, on the mound and in the batter's box where you got people trying to outthink each other and then just messing with each other at the same time too. So, you know, um, there's just a lot of things though, but baseball to me is starting to be back in a really good place. Yeah, no, no doubt about that. The, the A's, we've talked a lot about the A's in Vegas. Okay. Oakland all of a sudden is now coming back and saying, you know what? We want to talk. What do you think the chances of that happening? Well, you know what? Chances of them staying. Dude, I don't care what anybody says. I'm going to put my game. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm betting on Oakland to keep these boys. Because think about it. You just lost the Warriors. You just lost the, uh, the Raiders. And there's some and there's some rich people up in the town right now, ready to put some money on that on that area. And right, but I know there's somebody up there that wants to build a private stadium. I know that there's somebody up there. This is California, Mike. It's California, bro. There's some there's some billionaire out there that wants to do that. And Vegas, to be honest with you, the only people in Vegas that want that are the greedy, the faux greedy politicians and the governor. And the A's. The city doesn't want that team there. The Strip doesn't want that team there. Tropicana is just, you know, they're just trying to get somebody to buy. They, they're getting, they were getting rid of that place anyway. Bally's is buying everything raggedy now anyway. That's what somebody told me. I, I was in Kansas City. I saw Bally's name on top of something that looked like it was a, a burnt out uh, project. But they're like, no, Bally's is buying everything around here now. And I said, Bally's, the actual Bally's? They's like, yes, Bally's. I was like, okay, because Bally's isn't in business with Caesars anymore. They're their own entity again. So pretty much that's supposed to be what that location is. It's supposed to be Bally's now. So every nothing makes sense for the A's to go to Vegas. It's just okay. Yeah, the Raiders are are now Wayne Newton. They're 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 a show. Okay. That's that's the NFL show. Go over to Allegiant, but they're not on the strip. Then you got the the hockey team. Okay, they play hockey. Who care? Eventually, nobody care about this once they not once they're not too good. But they're on the strip, so once again, they're they're a weekly attraction. And then you got the the female team. That's probably the only team that does truly get a lot of local support, where they really love their girls. You know what I mean? Because that was their first. That was the team that pretty much set up the Raider, that set up the the idea that yeah, the, it, it'll work here. You know what I mean? But really, it was just because it was a last ditch effort, so the WNBA wouldn't get rid of the team. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Because they were in San Antonio and they were god awful. Team 
And nobody wants to say this, but they're actually one of the original uh, WNBA teams. They actually started in Utah. And this team has never had any type of profitability success, but they were always owned by the NBA franchise, so they were able to continue. And so when they went to Vegas, if it didn't work in Vegas, they were going to absorb the team. And what it was is that the person that bought the team was able to get them to win some games, and Mark Davis was silly enough to come by him because he wants to be Mr. Popular in Vegas like he was in Oakland. Yeah, no doubt about that. Let's take our final time out, Pop, and we'll come back and talk a little bit more about all things sports right after this. Voice America is on LinkedIn. Connect with us today. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com This is the Mike Abadir Show. If you want to call in today, we can be reached at 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. Or send an email to Mike at TheMikeAbadirShow.com. Now, back to this week's program. Back on the final segment of the Pop Tibiasi Show. Let's give Pop no. Tibiasi a little bit of love. Cut it out. Let's give Pop a little bit of love. Pop, I know you've uh, been doling out some um, some long shot picks. How can people find out more about your services as now the horse racing scene is starting to heat up with the summer? Because now we got Saratoga on the menu. And uh, in a few days, Del Mar will be on the menu as well. So how can uh, how can folks link up with you? Mike, I've been heating up for the last month, man. Destroy Bell, Killing Belmont. Uh, Sanity, uh, Del Mar, came, uh, Los Alamitos came around. I was kind of straight. You know what I mean? I was, you know, because I had a little run there where I was doing Belmont, Santa Anita, and Golden Gate for everybody every weekend. You know what I mean? But Belmont. 
um, just got me really, really hooked on the NYRA racing because you know how our situation is going in California right now. You know, I can't keep betting races with five to six horses. But I also have another gem of a track that I play on Monday through Wednesday. And I used to never play uh, horses on Monday on Mondays. They used to, like, be my thing. Don't play horses on Monday. It's the first day of the week. Come on. It's a Monday. But it's something about this track in Erie, Pennsylvania. And I play it Monday through Wednesday. So if you guys need a track at noon or something of that nature, uh, follow my tweets, or you guys can hit me up on the Twitter at PopDBIC or email me at PrimeWaveMedia at Yahoo.com, and I can get you guys uh, straight, and I can send you the card daily because I am probably going to go back to where the cards are for only exclusive clients because I don't have that much time in a day to keep tweeting out every single race and every single pick five and pick four. And if I'm handing out 21 to ones like I did today in the Schulerville Stakes race with uh, Becky's Joker, then, you know, what's the point? You know, you guys are over here paying, I don't know, uh, some some horse racing syndicate tout person uh, $100 a meet if for them to hand you a two to five. You know what I mean? And I'm handing guys 21 to one, six, four to one singles on uh, pick fives. You know, so pretty much you guys, guys got to get with it that. I do I do this a little bit differently from the rest of them because I can't be on TVG because I give out winners that have prices to them. That's what my joke is all the time for people. They say, you should be on there. You should be on there giving out horses. Well, you know, I'm not keen to giving out three to twos. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> so um, just like that's I like point, my, That's like my man Simon Bray, right? Simon Bray, his, like a long shot to him is a five to two. Oh, yeah, Simon would be in there. Six to one. Fuck me. A six to one is like my horse of the day. You know what I mean? Because a six to one is a good number to hit, but come on, man. It's not going to hit nothing if you don't put some real money on it. You know what I mean? Now, if you put a hundred spot on a six to one, it's different. You put a twenty, you put a five spot on a uh, six to one. Oh, yeah, you got 30 bucks. You put two dollars on it, dude. You got twelve dollars. You got thir- 14 bucks back. Okay, we can go get some beer and we can go get a beer and make half a sandwich, maybe a soup at the track. You know what I mean? You gotta when you when you see a horse you really like and it has a number, even a five to two, it's okay. Go ahead and, and, and splash it because a five to two is a seven dollar winner on your two dollar bet. You know what I mean? So and and people say, What do you mean? Seven dollar that don't mean doesn't seem, sound like much. Why don't you put two hundred if you put a hundred on it, it's three fifty. So when you look at it, it's a plus three fifty. How crazy do you go when you get a plus three fifty on the clip on a Laker game when they win? You're gonna go absolutely nuts. It's the same we get that at the track every single day. That's what the fun in horse racing is because all you gotta do really in at the end of the day, ye nine races, Mike, all you gotta do is find one. That's it. Find one. And if that one looks like he's the one, you can go ahead and bet and bet a bunch. If you got a hunch, bet a bunch, as my dad used to always like to say. And um, there you go. That's how you. That's how you you get to stick around this game a little bit. But you know, we got some pick. I I went on a nice little pick six run too as well, Mike. Um, we hit the pick six over at Belmont twice, and we hit it over at Santa Anita two days in a row on the holiday weekend, Memorial Day weekend. 
for that one. Now, is, now it's Saratoga on the Naira circuit. Is that a 20 cent pick six or is that a 50 cent or a dollar or, or what's the denomination that Saratoga, well, you, you know? I'm old school, baby. So I played a $2 joint, but it's a $1 because New York is not a 20 center uh, pick six place. They, they, they still put a lot of money into the pick six. Okay. So yeah. those are going to be pretty juicy, obviously, with all that New York money uh, infiltrating. $104,000. Mike, it was clipping out at 104000 today, dude. I think it carried over, to be honest with you. So here's the deal. I personally have never been that great at Saratoga. It's the graveyard of favorites. It's a lot about spot plays and trainers kind of hiding the ball on horses that they think can pop at Saratoga. Do you have a secret formula or any tips that you could share that helps you identify a horse that's going to pop at the toga? Well, you know what? If people need secret formulas and all this stuff on how I bet and all that good stuff, they need to start watching the show. Primetime angles every day at noon. And you guys can tune in. I got the angles for the boxing, for the horse racing, for the baseball, for the football, and the basketball. But to answer to your question, let me give you a great example today. Number two horse, ninth race of the day, Schulerville Stakes, two-year-old Philly race, right, Mike? All right, we got this horse, Becky's Joker. Becky's Joker is a first-time starter in a stakes race. And when you see something like that, your eyes should get big, especially when you see the horse's works, bullets, 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 and the works are better than any of the works that the horses that it's going against went to. And then when you look at the horse's experience that they're going against, all these horses have ran one race, but they all won. So they all just know about winning. So it's going to be a great race. But then we got one horse that just ain't never done this before and don't know what, what is doing out here. But the idea is for me to run fast today. And so pretty much that's the conclusion that I came up with. Boom, I take that horse. That horse was a six to one morning line. Because the betters didn't see that horse or didn't take that horse serious enough, they overbet another horse, and then that horse becomes the biggest price on the board, 21 to one. Horse winds up winning by four lengths. So I felt that coming because I had an angle like that years before at the track at Santa Anita. Horse that never ran before was in a really green race with a bunch of other uh, horses that had ran before, but they're babies. So the newest baby always is the is 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 the most precocious of the bunch. It, it doesn't. It it's never done this before. So it's either going to need a race or it's going to take. It's or it's going to take advantage of all this fun I've been having in the morning. So, yeah, that's an angle right there. And that'll like cost it. you a hundred bucks. Well worthwhile. So, in the few moments that we've got left, Pop, what are some of your second half predictions in, in baseball? I, I, will, I will start the predictions off by saying that I think the Diamondbacks are going to fade because I don't see them having enough starting pitching to get them there, especially with Merrill Kelly being out of the mix. You know, he's been on the DL. He's been shelved. He's their best pitcher. There's not, no denying that. It's, it's not even a question. And 
you know, the more turns around the rotation that somebody else gets to go means the more bad outings that there are because their pitching staff really just isn't that good, in my opinion. The the other thing I'm going to say is the AL East is starting to come closer together from top to bottom. We're talking about nine games between, you know, between five teams. It's not a lot of separation for five teams. And if you look at most of the other divisions, the last place team is like 25 games out, 24 games out, 28 games out. Here, we're talking nine games in the standings separate one through five. Every team is above 500, and by a lot, too. The Red Sox are five above 500. I think, to me, that's going to be the most interesting division to watch, followed by the uh, NL Central, where the Reds and Milwaukee are currently at the top of the division. The Cubs are, I guess, sort of hanging in there. The Pirates are sort of hanging in there. The Cardinals, I think they're going to be sellers and, and trade off Arenado. And I think the NL West is going to come down to the Giants and the Dodgers. I think the Padres are going to make the late surge, but fall short. I think Arizona's going to fade a little bit. Um, that's kind of my take on the second half. Uh, in a moment or two, uh, give us what, what your thoughts are. Okay, I'll be real quick. The Rays aren't going to win the East, okay? Um, okay. I told you guys that back in April, when you start that quick and start that well, the the crash is going to be even even is going to be even uh, quicker, and they've lost their first seven out of eight in July, and the Yankees are very close to bringing Judge back, and I know the Yankees are big players at the end of the month bringing in some type of talent, and I think that they're going to jump both the Orioles and the Rays because the Orioles are about to run into the second half itis as well, so that's what I see happening right there. And the Dodgers will be moving somebody very soon. And just for all the Dodger fans that listen to the show, don't fall too in love with Miguel Vargas. I think that he might be a piece that uh, is put into one of these trades to get one of these pitchers for the starting rotation and also to get another infielder as well, too. Okay. well, they've got some interesting uh, pieces. Like, uh, what about James Altman? You think he's somebody that they want to hang on to? Altman's fine because he, they, the Dodgers don't have a lot of outfielders. So he's Altman's already established himself as a Dodger. It's cool. But Miguel Vargas is having some problems hitting. Um, he's an okay fielder. But, you know, the Dodgers had these big expectations for him. And, you know, they, they could have moved him before. But now they they seen what, what he's about. And maybe they might be kind of dialing it back a little bit on how they feel about his potential, or maybe they're looking at it to where he might be better off somewhere else. But I think he might have something lingering that's bothering him. Like he already had a finger situation during uh, tra- during preseason, so um, spring training, I mean. So pretty much um, I think that that might be a factor into why he hasn't been hitting that well. But I think if he is a piece that teams are coveting and they have – a player that the Dodgers need for the playoff push, then you know what? It was great having you, Miguel, but this is why we have tons of prospects down there anyway. Okay. Yep. That's a, uh, that's a, that's a good summary. Any, any final predictions before we wrap the show? Okay. Brewers still win the Central because I'm going to cast my plus 140. 
And I got one for you. If this team can just get on a good winning streak, they can steal it. The Chicago White Sox, bold predictions. Chicago White Sox steal the AL Central just like the Guardians did last year when they were a third-place team at the All-Star break. Oh, wow, that, that is a bold prediction. Because yep. they just haven't shown any signs of putting it together. And currently, Luis Robert is uh, is banged up. Uh, that would be something, man. That would be a pretty impressive prediction if you get that right. I'll tell you that much. But, hey, man, we know that they got all the talent in the world to be able to to make that happen. Anyways, Pop, that is all the time we have on today's show. A big thank you to you, to Voice America, to the sound team, to everybody that does what they do to make this show happen. And, of course, most importantly, thank you to the listener. Without you, there is no show. So we will see you same time, same place next week. Enjoy your sports weekend, everyone. Thanks for joining us this week for the Mike Abadir Show. Please tune in again next Thursday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time for another show with Mike and his co-host, Gino Bacola, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a great week.